HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Since 2009, HRN podcasts have been exploring the wide world of food, beverage, and agriculture. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. Hi, listeners. We wanted to let you know that Heritage Radio Network's Julia Child Fellowship application is now open. The fellowship offers an enriching experience for aspiring food writers and journalists who share our passion for food systems change. The fellowship is a great way to progress in the field of food journalism and digital media and will start in early January 2024. This fellowship will provide participants with hands-on experience, mentorship, and access to an extensive network of industry professionals. The application deadline is November 27, 2023. Check out heritageradionetwork.org and click on the Julia Child Foundation Writing Fellowship link to learn more. If you or someone you know has interest in food studies and journalism, this might be a great fit. Go to heritageradionetwork.org and check out the application today. Thank you. Welcome to Dyed Green. I'm Kate McCabe. And I'm Max Usman. We have a very special guest podcast on Dyed Green this week in place of our regular Dyed Green podcast this week. We are sharing an episode of our friends podcast, How to Survive the End of the World, hosted by Autumn and Adrian Marie Brown, the incredible writer podcasting sisters. This is a special edition of their podcast called Witch School. Episode number 13 with Claire Davy of America Village Apothecary. So this is very exciting for us because as Bog and Thunder, our sister project to Diet Green, our travel company, one of the things we love, absolutely love doing is, is introducing Ireland to people that haven't experienced it and, and sharing the magic and sharing what's so special about it. And we had an opportunity to do that with Adrian and Autumn Several years ago, we traveled to the north with them and ran some writing workshops, and we reconnected with Adrian and Autumn earlier this year to run another series of writing workshops. And we were able to introduce them to Ireland and start this really cool relationship that now they have, and they've taken and grown with it on their own. And so it's really exciting to see that kind of come to fruition and, and have them interview Claire who is a friend of ours as well. We love seeing those connections. So the relationship between 
Adrian and Claire that they'll discuss in today's podcast started in the Boyne Valley last summer, and we're really excited to be co-hosting another Writing the Next World workshop retreat with Autumn and Adrian Marie Brown next June, this time in Connemara. We're really excited for you to hear it. Let us know what you think. Stay tuned and check in with us next week, and we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming. I am kind of what's coming up a lot for me, and this is tied in with everything that's going on for me physically at the moment as well. It kind of sparked when we met, which is really interesting, around uh-huh. the summer solstice, that height and that brightness, that sun. Oh, that um, yeah. And it's around chaos. And it's um, so at the moment, yeah, I think I'm a maiden of mayhem. Yes. <laughs> Hello, beloved listeners. This is Adrian, writer of stories and songs, witch, emergent strategist, and pleasure activist, living in the land of the Eno and Lumbee peoples. And this is How to Survive the End of the World, our podcast about learning from apocalypse with grace, rigor, and curiosity. When I say our, I'm including my co host and sister, Autumn, who's currently on an international trip with her babies. In her absence, and in honor of my book, Fables and Spells, I'm going full witch this season and having conversations with some of my favorite witches and teachers, and also reading you little bits and pieces from the book. What I mean by witch is people who work with elements of the natural world, including our human nature, to generate more possibilities. This includes herbalist, this includes root work, this includes spell casting, song building, altar building. Every witch that I bring on has been a totally new, different experience. So I think that that is something we're learning from here. A reminder, we don't have any sponsors. There's no big funder behind this program, just you all. So if you love what you're hearing, if it's of service to you, please head on over to patreon.com slash into the world show and become part of our Patreon community. We also have exclusive content there. Autumn and I recently did a catch up conversation where we talk about travel, love, writing, everything. So check it out. Now, my guest today, I'm really, really, really excited because I I literally found her in the countryside of Ireland. (laughs) We found each other on the spring equinox in in Ireland. um, And as soon as we were in her presence, Autumn and I were both together on this writing retreat in Ireland. We looked at each other and we were like, we're keeping her. We're keeping Claire Davey. (laughs) So Claire Davey is an herbalist, a witch. She brings potions. She brings spells. She works around the equinox. She does so much. And she does it from a place called American Village in Ireland. And I am just blown away that you're actually here, that we manifested this. Claire, welcome. Welcome to the show. Oh, it's so good to be here. So it's good to so see good to your face you again. You too. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for yeah. um, inviting me. Oh, you made such a huge impression on us. And it was so clear, you know, 
I was like, I want to learn more from you. I want others mm. to learn more from you. Our group, you know, we had a group of writers there um, who were just so magical. I mean, it was a really gorgeous, spiritual, yeah. beautiful gathering. But everyone was like, oh, Claire, like learning so much from you. And I think I think one of our students even came to you afterwards. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. tell me, how are you right now today? How are you doing? How am I doing today? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not doing too bad. I um, <laughs> yeah, I've had uh, kind of a strange roller coaster time the last month or so mm. that um, I can tell you a bit more about as we go on. Um, so in response to that, I am getting different kind of um, healing work done on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was at or with a good friend of mine this morning, um, Kira, who did some kind of energy work with me. Um, Mm. mm, and it's, yeah, it's just, it's really grounding me and bringing me to, towards the place I know I need to get to. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's 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 really interesting um and i'm so delighted i'm on with you now as we approach Samhain. <laughs> i um, know and it's really interesting because when we met at the solstice you know we've gone through this turn um and that's kind of when it all began it's kind of i've been reflecting on it a lot it's really yeah. interesting i'll tell you more in a while <laughs> that's beautiful that's exciting so i'm yeah 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 i'm good i'm good today i um i feel grounded um i feel connected to my body and my body feels connected to the earth which is good yeah that's a really that's nice the, feeling that's the way <laughs> that is the way mm. Well, I'm I'm glad to hear it. Um, I am coming into this space. I'm feeling also pretty good. It's been mm. a really intense couple of weeks um, in <clears throat> in my life. As the situation has unfolded in Gaza, it's really yeah. uplifted for me and reminded me, like why I love organizers and organizing and why it is so important to have people in my life who are educating and who have big expanded hearts and who understand Mm -hmm. that, you know, we're really at, at every moment that harm happens in the world, we are, there's also this opening to build that movement of people who want love and want connection and want justice Mm -hmm. with each other. And so I've, I've done a lot of grieving and a lot of feeling of just the responsibility of being of the U S empire. Um, and I'm also really grateful for the community that I'm connected to and learning from and learning with in this moment. So that's been, that's been like Mm. a lot of what's been taking up my mental and emotional and spiritual space. And then in my body, I'm feeling just this week, as I'm talking to you, there's a major pivot happening. Like I, I have been doing this work around disordered eating and binging and I'm four months from a binge, which is 
starting to feel like, mm-hmm. okay, that's something. Mm-hmm. And now I'm learning how to eat. <laughs> so okay. Okay. part of why I'm like, I have my breakfast here. Cause I'm like, I'm supposed to eat breakfast. <laughs> that's one of my yeah, big eat practices. Breakfast. Eat I have to breakfast. eat breakfast yeah. while I talk to you. Um, yeah. But it's so interesting to be 45 and mm-hmm. still learning basics of, of existing with a body. <laughs> wow. So I'm good. I'm here with you. And yeah, I'm really excited yeah. to be here with you. Um, And I want you to tell people before we dive into the questions, can you tell people what American Village, why there's a place called American Village or why there are American yeah. Villages in Ireland? Because I remember that when you told us, I was so moved by why it's called that. Because I was like, what is this American Village? <laughs> yeah, so it's um, it's America village not america. american yeah america america village america village balia verica um in irish <laughs> and it's um so when i first moved here which was about 12 13 years ago um and i started up my my business and i decided to call the my business name it after the place i was in mm-hmm. um, america village apothecary and I was really, yeah, what, where did that name come from? You know, yeah. what's, what's it about? Um, so I spoke to lots of um, people locally around here um, and they all told me the same thing. And then I, I also spoke to um, the curator in the Museum of Country Life that's in County Mayo, not far from here. Mm-hmm. And her husband is an expert in Irish place names so she said yeah I'll get him to look into it too Mm. um and it's as um as I had been told um basically where um America Village is situated is kind of at a crossroads um even though it's not a crossroads, there's only there's only two <laughs> roads. <laughs> there's no four roads. Well, it's not crossing. It's more kind of a, a Y junction. Um, <laughs> and one road goes way back into a valley um, mm. called Glantraig. And then the other road is the main road. So it's where those two roads intersect. And during the famine times yeah. in Ireland, when there was mass emigration and so many people were dying, so many people were starving, um, and so many people were leaving the country mm-hmm. um, before the the famine and afterwards. And, mm-hmm. of course, everybody was going west um, to America. So what they often used to have were these events that were called American Wakes. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those who know the Catholic faith or for those that don't, basically the, the, the wake is um, the when somebody passes and you wake the body the night before the burial, mm-hmm. which is um, it's a celebration of that person's life. It's yeah. it's they're actually the host of the party. Yeah. Um, and so everybody is. um celebrating that person usually there's a lot of um, storytelling involved there's a lot of music um a lot of drinking um dancing it's a it's a celebration of that person's life mm-hmm. so what used to happen before these emigrations or before people were leaving 
is they would hold these American wakes in different communities for the people who were leaving to go to America because they'd never see them again. You know, so it was like um, it was like a living funeral for those people, basically. So this um, it was at this intersection, this um, in the road that the American wakes used to take place. Um, And that's where the name America Village then comes from. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a few there's a few of them in Ireland. but yeah, it's it's also interesting because it does it does predate um, the um, the big famine that was here as well, you know. So it's it yeah. was it was ongoing even even before before then. I always get so fascinated by our species and how you know how normal now it feels to be able to travel to go. <sighs> between places if you have a certain level of privilege if you have a certain level of capacity but that yeah. there are still people who are making the one-way journey and yeah. or a journey that might be one way and just how all of these times layer over each other right mm. it's amazing mm. to me um thank you for sharing that mm. and my first question is, you know, I'm calling this witch school and I'm talking about witch season, mm-hmm. um, but how do you identify the work you do? Like, do you walk around like I'm a witch or do you use other language for yourself? <laughs> I always kind of struggle with labels. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I I was thinking about this question um, and because I've, I've always struggled with like, what do, what am I? What do I do, you know, because I do lots of things. You do so um, And identities, you know, I, I see it as, I, I guess I see myself as being quite fluid. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I looked, when I look more deeply into that, I guess, um, you know, putting a name on myself, I think it's to do with, an aversion or some kind of it's to do with attachment Uh for one I don't want to attach myself to one particular thing um and also it's to do with time because I guess I'd see myself you know not linear that it's it's an ever evolving I'm I'm evolving all the time you know um so whereas I see uh, one attachment kind of being suspended in, in a time mm-hmm. um, or one label or a label or so. But I guess for the moment, what <laughs> I am kind of what's coming up a lot for me, and this is tied in with everything that's going on for me physically at the moment as well, it kind of sparked when we met, which is really interesting around uh-huh. the summer solstice, that height and that brightness, that sun. Oh, that's um, yeah. And it's around chaos. And it's um, so at the moment, yeah, I think I'm a maiden of mayhem. I yes. call myself that <laughs> for now. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Inside of mayhem. it out. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. That um, resonates. Yeah, mayhem. 
Maiden, maidens of mayhem, I maidens think, is mayhem. what our world needs right now. I agree with you. Um, mm. When did you realize that you were drawn to the work that you do? I know that there's so much mm. inside your mayhem <laughs> and so much inside your offer. But when did you feel mm. drawn to, I know that there's the apothecary. I know that there's spell work, mm. song work. Um, yeah, mm. when did you feel called? Um, I suppose, I suppose it all started when I was a child. Mm. Um, when I was, so I was born in Yorkshire. I wasn't born here in Ireland. I was born in mm -hmm. Yorkshire. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, my parents traveled a lot. Mm -hmm. My, um, my father's people were gypsies. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it, um, my mom's weren't, um, but he really struggled with staying in one place mm -hmm. for any length of time. So we moved around a lot. Um, and when I was about that, those real informative kind of years, I guess, between four and eight, or we, we spent a lot of time um, in Cornwall and we lived on a boat. We lived, in a bus we lived in a converted barn but all the time um that we were moving I had this stability of my parents and their love yeah um but also my mother and my grandmother um would have always kind of had this strong connection with nature uh -huh. with um plants and then because of the kind of world we were living in and moving in it was all it was full of hippies you know it was full of so we'd go to I remember being in houses and women would be spinning wool at the wheel and they'd mm -hmm. you know they'd be so I was exposed to all that um when we lived on the boat, this big boat came in, it was called Free, and it was traveling around the world full of hippies. And my dad wanted us to, you know, try his best for us to move onto the boat and go to South America. But my mom was <laughs> having none of it. She it's put like her foot down. Yeah. But just I, I got to play with all these um, adults and children who, who were also kind of nomadic. I guess. Mm -hmm. um, so I, it, from that stage, I got this ground and I think this, this real sense of connection with um, the elements, uh -huh. um, with being outdoors, with the sea, with the wind, with um, the land, you know, we'd walk across fields, to get to school, we'd, you know, so I think that was the beginning of us um but then I kind of it's like yeah I'll put that in a little box now now yeah. I'm a teenager you know yeah. and it was it was just all left and I pursued then work in I went to drama college for a couple of years um and then I came to Ireland when I was um just 18 um I kind of ran away here yeah then I pursued work, more activism work, 
more social kind of community work. And I got I got heavily involved in that um, yeah. that kind of work. I went to college and I studied community work and um, I was drawn into that that work. And then it was when I moved here um, about 13, I think it's about 13 years ago now, something like that. Yeah. Um, and I moved here to move in with my then boyfriend, who's my partner. We have two children now um whose families he's seven generations here so I added an eighth and both my children um with Michael were born here at home as well in America Village so I I know I'm here for a reason oh yeah the place brought me here I um as soon as I got here the box that had been closed for so long burst open wow um, and I started to work with um, the land again, with the elements. With So it's since then I've really kind of, it's been my work. Yeah, Beautiful. Since, since then. I love that. And I love the, it feels like there's a lot of, you know, the land calling you, mm. place calling you, some mm. intuition calling you, some some legacy in there. Beloved survivors, it's autumn. Wow, I've been loving this witch season. I trust that you have too, because it's just excellent. I'm still on sabbatical for a few more months, but Adrian and I did just drop a new Patreon exclusive episode over at patreon.com slash end of the world show. And it's a voice memo conversation that we recorded over the course of a few weeks. So if you love me and miss hearing my voice, if you love our show enough to listen to Adrian and I talk about new love, about aging, about roaches and utopias, you can head over to our Patreon and become a patron at any level. And you'll get immediate access to this most recent exclusive episode as well as our collection of show merch, all of the Ask Us Anything episodes that we've made, and a forthcoming virtual live show that we're planning. All of it. All of it is yours. Um, I miss you. Adrian and I thank you for your support. We love you. Yeah, and go to patreon.com slash under the world show to check out all the juiciness. Okay, talk soon. Do you have any ancestors in your witch lineage that you would claim, like either formally, you know, that Mm -hmm. since you started to turn and face, is there someone who you've been like learning from or learning that methodology? Mm -hmm. Or do you feel like it's really been, yeah, an informal discovery process for you? I, um, the main lineage I've I've had lots of teachers that have uh, come into my life and come yeah. out, you know including yourself including autumn oh, inclu- you know yeah, just yeah. um Thank people you. who I've been meeting with people who so and then more formal teachings um but the lineage that I would um very much identify with is Celtic cosmology uh-huh. really um, particularly um the calendar the wheel of the year um the other world um mm. aspect and um the main deity within that would be the Kaliuk. 
um, who I would really, I'd really identify with and use that, that lineage. It's, um, it's interesting, you know, we have, um, so Celtic cosmology, we have everything, everything that we have um, written down was actually written by Christians. Oh, interesting. About, Uh, yeah. So we have Mm -hmm. no, we have, uh, even though there's an awful lot of that vernacular, um, meaning uh, written within the Irish language, um, Mm -hmm. history there, it's all, it was all written by, so the Book of Kells, it was all written in monasteries. um, Yeah, by monks or by um, bards or the filly, which would have been known as the filly, the poets ah, okay. um, in pre-Christian times were often employed to write those works as well. Okay. So everything that we read about pre-Christian Ireland was actually written by. So that's the reason I'm saying that, I guess, is it's yeah. just really important to to acknowledge that yeah. um, and to know, to remember that. But Having said that, we do know a lot based on archaeology, you know, and we know that, you know, in megalithic times, you know, times of Newgrange, which I know you went to visit when you were here for the Salsus, there were these these, um, rituals and there were these beliefs. There were the, um, you know, the... The alignment, they, the the alignment with the stars, the alignment with the um, the the moon. Everything was built in alignment. Everything was measuring something. Um, you know, they were astronomers. Yeah. They were really um, connected with the sky, the moon, the stars, the planets, the sun. Yeah. And all of those elements are still there. You know, they're still guiding us. Um, and yeah, it's and one of the one of the other key teachings in um, that lineage as well is, you know, around the wheel of the year, but the, the darkness. So we're approaching Samhain now, which is um, next week. I love love this time of the year. So I'm just a week. It's my birthday as well. I, a week oh, out from my birthday. Um, so I'll be fifty next. Friday. Oh, um, happy so birthday! Really, thank you. Really entering this, um, yeah, this dark half of the year. Yeah. Um, and you know, our ancestors believed that everything began in darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's um, darkness always precedes light, mm-hmm. and it's so important that the that the dark and light are balanced which they're not in our world today um you know all birth is preceded by chaos as well Mm -hmm. which was also a belief in celtic cosmology um and the wheel of the year it, it starts, it begins, um, so the Celtic New Year is Halloween, it's Samhain, um, three, three nights and three days, and each of the stations on the wheel are three nights and three days, and we begin life, we begin the year in darkness. Yes. Um, and there's something so 
um, that just strikes such a chord with me in regards to that and something around, you know, sacrifice mm-hmm. and chaos. The chaos isn't... Um, chaos isn't bad you know it's not a bad thing we often we often think of um we often fear chaos you know um but it's it's where it's where change happens it's that liminal time it's where creativity and evolution happens and i think you know our world is in that space right now in that liminal space of chaos and mayhem but I also think it's something that we're terrified to talk about. You know, I think sacrifice doesn't have to be a bad thing. Yeah. We have to sacrifice things. We have to look at it in a way that it's given something up in the service of evolution. Oh, wow. Um, to something better. Yes. We're moving, you know, we have to set before we can move on to to something better. And these are all key beliefs in Celtic cosmology, um, yeah. especially around the wheel of the year. And yeah. then it's, you know, it's all the, you have the, the dark half of the year that we're moving into is the feminine um, half of the year. The masculine half then is the bright half of the year. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, all these teachings, the more I learn, um, you know, from whatever lineage you look towards, they're all saying the same thing. Yeah, you know? there's so much alignment. There's so <laughs> there's, much alignment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. I um, It's really, I always, I think this is one of the things that always humbles me most in my humanity is when I meet mm. someone who's like, here's a whole other system that you didn't mm. know about. And inside that system, you can hear the echoes of things you believe. And then I'm like, okay, there's something larger always unfolding than the small piece of the puzzle that I can see or that I can touch. Mm. And that actually settles my system so much inside the chaos, Mm. right? Mm. Yeah. Um, So, you know, in a given day, right, what are all the ways that you're doing the work Mm. that you're doing that? fluid witchy kaliak work so it um yeah it varies it varies from day to day it varies throughout a day um so one of the um, one of the main ways that i would work is um and i'm kind of moving away from it now a little more Mm. um but Moving away from it, I don't. Moving away from it in in a particular through a particular medium, I guess. So it's um, through connecting people with nature. Uh-huh. So my work around um, the apothecary work, let's uh-huh. say, um, is what I like to do is really connect people to nature. But when they're not expecting it, um, <laughs> um, as someone who's experienced that, I know it's yes, you're good yeah. at that. <laughs> so and through a sensual way, yeah. so through the senses, through so it's it's kind of um, 
which kind of seep it into people like they're a sieve, you know? Um, um, So through taste, through flavor, through smell, um, working with plants to create um to create alexas to create syrups to distill plants um to create flavorful liquids drinks um so that's one area that i i would work in um and i have to tell you like we were like you know, there was almost no um, conflict during our week, except when it came to fighting over who got the leftover elixir. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I was like, mm, I want it. <laughs> yeah, it's really, I mean, you make delicious things. Um, so that's one way. And then, um, and I'm shifting away from that a little bit because I just, it used to be what I did 80% of my time. Um, um whereas now I think the world needs the world needs me to do other stuff right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um so um I would the way I'm working now, I guess it's more using um the Kaliuk. Uh, and so the Kaliuk is the old crone in Irish, uh-huh. in Celtic cosmology she's the you know she's the wise woman who's lived a life who has seen things who has learned so much mm. um and she will not indulge you or your fantasies she'll mm. cut you to the bone and mm. tell you what you need to do it's like get your shit done get it you done. know and she takes no prisoners she's like Kali yeah. And in fact, I, you know, I, this is something I wonder as well. So I, I, this new course on, on my website now, the Kaliuk, it's a, a ritual. Um, and I mentioned this in that I, I, um, I must do more research to see is the deity, is, is that where the Kaliuk comes from? You know, what connections right. may be there? Yeah. Um, but anyway, she's, yeah, she's the tough love mother energy she's um and very much i feel as well at this stage in my life as i'm getting older as i'm you know as i'm turning corners as i'm going through transitions i can identify with her more and more and more that it's like you know i've just like stop the bullshit now you know this is not what we need you know we have yeah so that line of um activism kind of um eco-feminism um doing work with land Mm -hmm. but in that way Mm -hmm. um and trying to um trying to inspire people i guess mm-hmm. um to 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 make a change to you know there's um one thing that i am going off on a bit of a tangent now i guess but yes, go on it yeah you know the um, <laughs> There's there's a kind of a Celtic um, revival going on at the moment, a little bit, mm-hmm. um, you know, around the wheel of the year and different practices and Celtic cosmologies and um, which is great. Mm-hmm. 
because but it's really the the world of um stories is so important stories is stories are what we are i do right. you know right. um but the world oftentimes of mythology and um the, it, it can be so seductive mm. it can be so we can get so comfortable there yeah you know um without moving yeah without um you know we can just we can drop into that world and never leave it because there's so much it's so rich it's so seductive it's so attractive um so I guess what I'm doing a little bit is using that as a hook to then hopefully um, that people will will get a little bit more active and engaged and yeah. which I know people are you know there's a movement there is definitely um, there's a movement happening which really um, you know my heart explodes when I when I think about that you know there's there's so much um, yeah there's so much darkness Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's so much mayhem, there's so much chaos, but mm-hmm. amongst it and amidst it all, there's still this um alignment of yeah. of love, of strength, yeah. of power. Yeah. Um, and I do think that that's what's going to save us. Yeah, you know, as you were speaking, I was just thinking of the birthing process and how all life comes from the dark and mm. and at first it's so small. You know that when you're mm. when you're I when mm. I do my work as a doula with someone it's like, okay, now you've got a lima bean. Now you've got mm. you know, an avocado and so you whatever, but so small for so long mm. and it's like that's not how could that become something that's going to live, right? How mm. how can that become something that could stand on its own? Um, and, but it's only through that time in the darkness where there's a lot of mystery and a lot of not knowing and a lot of, it's like, we can't see necessarily everything that's happening, but the miracle is unfolding. Um, and I always think about, yeah, it's good for us not to be able to see, I think, because we've got so attuned to, we need to see everything and we don't, we don't. And I, I think actually when we can't we feel so much more. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I've been really leaning into that in this period of history. Um, when I when I look at things, I'm like, it's not making sense. I don't see a way forward. Mm-hmm. I don't see how we're going to get there. But if I close my eyes and I feel, I can mm-hmm. feel, I can feel a sustaining energy, a, a sustaining mm-hmm. energy of light. Yeah. Right. Um, and I'm like, it's going to be, you can't imagine it. It's beyond your imagination, but that doesn't yeah. mean it's not very real and already unfolding. Yeah. So yeah. I really appreciate mm. that, Claire. Mm. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to share about how are you doing the work you do? Then and maybe I, also um, who, you know, who are you doing this work with? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, around the, the taste and flavor and that connecting people with nature um yeah. that's kind of piecemeal at the moment you know people might contact me and ask me to do various things and yeah. um that's how I'm doing that work um the other work that around the Kaliuk um and that's ritual work as well um I'm doing that online 
at the ah. moment just uh, as a, an online offering um and then the other work i guess i'm doing at the moment is um on myself um and that's to do with this so soon after we first met at the yeah. solstice which is the pinnacle of the masculine energy in the celtic wheel so what that means is it's it's all about it's the bright half of the year it's about putting yourself out there it's about doing showing yourself to the world um and you know our this is what most of nearly everybody actually lives in this half of the world or this half of the year all the time um, <laughs> uh-huh yeah it's like you know yeah. in, in winter people want to go to the sun Yes. because they don't want to be in the darkness yes. you know yes. people don't want people and we're forced into that do 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 what you know product yes. productivity pro- yes. and it's you know it's um it's it's not healthy to right. live this way constantly 12 yeah. months of the year and, and they, these are the teachings the of the yeah. exactly of the celtic wheel it's that yeah it's we definitely need to have that but we also need to have the balance of that dark half that we're now moving into which is about being not mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. it's about you know um just death darkness surrender yeah. um it's about that surrender and it's an active waiting mm. and I think that's that's actually where we we need to nearly have more of that um, at the moment before we reach the balance. But that's that's what we need. But anyway, since the solstice, I um, yeah, this notion of chaos and um, mayhem really um, kind of took overtook me it just it was there um Mm. and I was thinking about it all the time then I was hearing things and it was just (laughs) wow it was coming at me from all angles um and I was just oh yeah that's interesting you know um but then I um I started getting these I get headaches anyway, but I started getting these um, bad headaches and I was getting like this headache that um, just went on and on. And it was soon after the solstice that I also started getting this kind of balance, you know, like not vertigo, but more like um, stepping onto dry land after coming off a boat kind of thing. You know, this sense of, um, yeah, yeah, which ended, I ended up eight days in hospital. and got all the tests yeah I got all the tests MRIs brain the full and everything thank thank god thanks because god everything was fine nothing you know nothing was and their prognosis was uh it's migraines you know yeah yeah and then I had a similar thing happen to me a couple of years ago I had this massive headache that sent me into the ER I thought I was having a stroke Yes. And I, they I thought got it there. was a mini stroke. I thought it was a stroke. They thought it was a stroke. My right like everybody arm was went like, numb. what's going on? Yeah. I could yeah. I was feeling sharp pains all down the side yeah. and yeah. everything. Yeah. And then they got in, they were like, it's a migraine. It's the first yeah. one. They were like, This is an ice pick headache. But then after that, now I know that it's literally like when my system is overloaded and too much has come in, 
and then the world starts yeah. to seem too bright. And I have to, because I start to feel things throughout my body as if something mm. is malfunctioning. Mm. But if I, if I don't remember, then I'm like, oh, it's a heart attack. And then I'm like, no, close your eyes, cover your eyes, see if that impacts it. And if, if that does, then I know I need to get in the darkness. Yeah. And, yeah. And I will be okay. But yeah, but, there's, but I think it's because so much is moving in the world. And if you can feel it, you can get yeah. overwhelmed. It's an overwhelming it's, amount of energy yeah. and change and chaos. And I went the first, um, so the first session I went to wow. um, with Kira, it, it's like, she was just holding my, my feet. Really. Yes. She didn't move, her, you know, and it was after that, it was like, I was saying to Michael, like something has shifted. I don't know what it is, but something. And the more I thought about it, and then it came to me so clearly that I was embodying the mayhem oh. and the chaos. <laughs> it yeah. was like it, it, it had seeped in and it was, and as soon in as you. it was like a light bulb moment, I was like, Wow, because it was from it the time it it was from as well. Um, wow! And uh, as soon as I realized that and kind of um, accepted that, that ah, oh, yeah, this is you know, it's this. You have to go through this. You have to go. You know, accept that this is where you're at right now, and you have to go through this um, this chaos, yes. this transformation um it's all part of it's yeah. all part of it and then and I felt much better since <laughs> wow I mean so it does help to accept mm. right just be like oh this is the medicine that's moving through me right now yeah because even sometimes yeah. I'm like that being versus doing I think mm. so often I'm like how do I turn this into a lesson or how do I turn this into an yeah. offer mm. and I keep getting the wisdom of like just be right now yeah. it's a time to yeah. just be yeah and you have yeah. produced enough things in the world right now do you need to be and the yeah. champ you are a channel so just be and yeah. whatever is supposed to come through will come through and yeah. there's an obedience maybe you know what I mean by this like there's mm-hmm. being obedient to chaos or being obedient mm-hmm. to a time where things are coming undone um yeah, yeah. it's like oh you don't have to untie anything you don't have to pull a string but if you just are Mm. Um, then you'll be available to what's actually changing. You'll be available to what's what's needed in a moment. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's about listening really mm. carefully mm-hmm. um, to that small voice, with yes. it to that intuition, to that um, you know. Because like that, I'm kind of oh yeah, I you know, <laughs> I know what the dark half of the year is about. I know what the bright half of the year is about. Yeah, I'm gonna hibernate now. For the way, still, I'm doing, doing, doing. Let's do this. Let's do that. You know, yeah. um, yeah. even the the other day, I went for a walk in the woods, and it was the longest walk I'd taken since all this happened. Um, and I pushed it because I had been feeling so good. I was like, yeah. No, I'll do the full circuit, I and can it, do it knocks me out for the day. Instead of <laughs> listen, I knew I knew yeah, halfway yeah. around. I know now is the time to stop. So all the it's <laughs> it's so interesting. I'm still it's 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 a, a teaching for me, you know. So I'm really still like learning. That. So yeah. that's part of my work at the moment is just really listening, um, mm-hmm. really listening, and especially this year i you know come from sauna is to really 
surrender. I, um, you know, I've given up my job. I use, I was working in a distillery. I've that's gone. Um, it's just like, no, this, no, you gotta you know, be available. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Available yeah. just to be, just to, to be. be. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's so waiting. interesting too the like arc because, you know, two or three days before I met you, if that maybe, yeah, two days before I met you, I had done that massive ritual in Amsterdam mm, yeah, yeah. where I really felt my ancestors come in mm. into a, into the room mine and everyone else's I could feel like mm. their presence so mm. strongly and and I surrendered to their presence and then since then it has been so easy something mm. has been so easy like inside of all the hard times <laughs> something has been so easy it's just like just be you'll know what to do yeah in a given moment, just, just yeah. listen, but that listening, um, there's something I want to ask you here. Let me see what it is. There's something about, so for me, surrender is also tied to a kind of trust, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's like what I have to trust something mm-hmm. to hold me, catch me, like, yeah. you know, guide me, whatever it is. Yeah. And I think for such a long time, I haven't had that trust because I'm a doer, you know, I'm a, mm. Yeah. Aries rising. I'm going to get relate. it done. Yeah. I'm a Virgo. I'm going to, there's, I can come up with a perfect system. I'm going to do. Mm. And the trust flooding through my system, it feels like there's a new nervous system inside wow. of my body flowing with trust and, and impulse that I also am trying to now figure out, can I use, can I help let this be part of my health? Wow. Because I'm, I'm so used to being able to, there's a way that I've been able to do that with the world. I'm like, oh, the world mm. needs a poem or the world needs something mm. right now. And I feel like it's gotten so small, like that's also happening, but there's some part of it that's really small. That's like, also, you can feel inside yourself what enough is. Also, you can feel like right now you just need to sit still in the bath. Right now mm. you need to be still be. And did that trust, that sense of trust come from that experience with the ancestors? It quite deepened. It quite Mm, deepened. So I think before that, it was like, I know someone else has partnered with me in Mm. a lot of what I'm doing. I can really feel Mm. like often if I'm facilitating a large room or if I'm facilitating a large moment, or even sometimes when I'm writing, I will feel like I am not alone in doing Mm. this work and something Mm. divine, something holy is with me doing this work I can feel that but that was the first time that I was like ancestors come yeah, into yeah. the room with me <sighs> and then they came and I could see them as distinct entities and energies and mm. I was like oh you're all here and and actually you're always here you're always available I'm never alone I'm never without you yeah and you know um what I think is I had written something here <laughs> just in my notes about, yeah. Um, yeah, the just around the ancestral um, stuff and going back to that just being and active waiting mm-hmm. and surrender. Active waiting. Because I really think that whatever about how our ancestors can support and hold us up yes they also need us they need which us. we often overlook we it's a often, mutual relationship it's a mutual relationship yes um and we often we often over overlook that you know we're asking right. them but they're also asking us 
Yeah, it's a relationship, you know. I think and we that can't that's hear that. Yeah, we yeah. can't hear that, or we can't be of service to them mm. unless we're still. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right, and I and it's it's been very difficult. Like I have a whole team of people working with me right now on just helping me to slow down and mm. deepen into whatever offer I'm making. That it's not, I don't have to make the offers as if I'm a fireman coming to deliver the hose. Like I can make the offers as if I am an oak tree, right? I can Mm. make the offers as if I am Mm. the ocean. That there's a sense of permanence and something underground and something deep and out of sight that is, Mm. right, rooting me. And so, yeah, I love this, Claire. You know, and Mm. I love the timing of this, uh, unfolding in you and unfolding in the world. Cause I, I know from having experienced the medicine of your offers that whatever is good for you and growing in you is good for the world. Oh, like I can so feel much. that, you know? Mm. Um, so a question I've been asking my, my witches is what witchy skills, magical skills, what skills do you wish that everyone had access to in this apocalyptic Mm. time Mm. or practices? I think um, it would have to be that if, you know, if everyone could kind of blink three times and then when they open their eyes, they could see the subtlety of the world we live in, the nuance, Uh um, energy, of the world with the threads the weave the web yeah between everything but most of all i that they could see um and i say they myself including myself in the you know this i often think um if i'm out walking and it's windy which it's often windy here yeah um the west of ireland but you know if if love was like the wind, if we could feel love like we can feel the wind, uh-huh. or if we, you know, if we could see love like we could see, I don't know, the birds or whatever, then, or like fog, let's say, you know, you wouldn't be yeah. able to see anything else. We wouldn't be able to see anything else. Because it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. It's everywhere. Um, and if people could just put on those magic goggles or blink their mm-hmm. eyes three times and open them and see that love that connects us all together, you know, mm-hmm. especially th- these times of violence, war, yeah. there's you know, um, and then maybe people would learn how to respond rather than react. I think that's right. I you really know? think that's correct. Yeah. Um, you know, I and keep thinking see, like love is when it doesn't get to land or love is not given room to grow and express. I think mm-hmm. it mutates into this violent thing. I think it can mm-hmm. become something else. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh. You have, like, I do think when you see it flowing everywhere around you, Mm. there's always a move that protects love. 
and protects yeah. the connecting connective mm. tissue because it's everywhere even even in the darkest of places and use you know dark in this sense using that word as in in war in um conflicts in mm-hmm. there's always still an element of love yes it's everywhere there is i've been thinking about it a lot right now that i'm like the inside of conflict the people who are like i'm willing to stand up and say mm. something i'm willing to stand up and tell my story there's so much self love people love place love connective mm. love inside of that mm. and yeah i love this i love that and we there. yeah and we kind of you know from from some of those greatest leaders and teachers like gandhi um martin luther king uh you know it's Mm-hmm. it's this is what it's about mm-hmm. it's you know um uh, uh, and it's been brave enough to to surrender to to that that's right mm. i love that um we have reached the end of our little mm. window here together and i've been closing out each episode with reading a poem, one of the poems from this book, Fables and Spells, to my guest. And the one I want to share with you is called the Authenticity Chat, Authenticity Chant, Authenticity Chant. And it makes me, it reminds me of you. I feel like when I met you, it was just like, you're such a, you're so you, (laughs) you're so completely you. And it it gave everyone permission to be more themselves. Um, So it says, let me not posture, let me not front, Let me not say yes to lives I don't want. Let me not use words that don't mean a thing. Let me be fly as I am, no trying. Let me be good for my heart and not my rep. Let me be still when I can't take a step. Don't let me get too caught up creating my face. Let me just love me all over the place. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm just I like, oh, you were here. <laughs> give me a big love. I'm giving you a big love hug. I just oh. am so grateful for your existence and your wisdom, mm. your teaching. And yeah, I'm so happy we met. Me too. Um, and mm. can people come? Do you ship it all over? Uh, can people go to America Village Apothecary and order elixirs <laughs> and things? Yeah, some. Yeah, there, yeah. There's, there's not many there now. There's not much there on yeah. um, online now. But, yeah, oh, but they can watch yeah. your course. They can tune in and learn they can, about yeah, they yeah. can. They can watch the course. They can um, read um, the journal. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Beautiful. Shake these bones, shake these bones, oh shake these bones, shake these bones, oh shake these bones, shake these bones, oh shake these bones. Shake these thank you all for tuning in and for listening to the show we're on instagram at into the world pc you can make a sustaining donation to the show by visiting our page at patreon.com slash into the world show you can leave us reviews wherever you listen to this particularly if you do it on iphones do it on apple Podcasts. leave us a review our show is produced and edited by the very tender and sweet Zach Rosen. And we are transcribed by Lise Fertig. And music for our show today comes from Tunde Alanaran, Mother Cyborg, and the Bingsons. We love y'all. Cast a spell. Shake these bones, shake these bones, oh, 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 shake these bones, oh,
He did it! <laughs> oh, that was so lovely. That was great. Dyed Green is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe. Dyed Green is a project of Bog and Thunder, whose mission is to highlight the best of Irish food and culture through food tours, events, and media. Find out more at bogandthunder.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any story suggestions, questions, or things you'd like to share in response to our broadcast, you can email us directly at diedgreen at heritageradionetwork.org.